Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Part 5 of our big season preview review has us talking about Schalke, Leverkusen and Hoffenheim in the company of a very special guest. But first of all, welcome, dear listener. I'm Raphael Honigstein. I'm Christoph Biermann. And this is Beer and Honey, your German football pod, which of course is being supported very kindly by those who have become members of the Beer and Honey Supporters Club. Our... Uh, Weekly reminder that uh, please keep supporting us, keep signing up. If you haven't done so, we do need your support. We do need to raise a little bit more money to keep going for the next season, although things are looking good. There's a steady flow of Beer and Honey members. Keep it going if you can, but even better if you can, become an ultra. And then you can get a Beer and Honey mug on top of your audio pleasure. But without further, further ado, let's cross over to Christoph, who will introduce our very special guest for this week's episode. Yeah, um, uh, this week's guest is Philipp Zeldorf. Ta-da! Um, Ta-da, because I think we're both excited to have him. Uh, Philipp is uh, one of my favorite football writers in Germany, and uh, Raphael is nodding. Um, we like his stuff very much. He is uh, with Süddeutsche Zeitung, a Munich-based broadsheet, Germany's biggest broadsheet paper, since 1999. And um, since then, he's covering the German national team. In the beginning, he was also covering Bayern. And then he moved in 2006 back to his hometown, Cologne, and since then, he is covering the clubs in North Rhine-Westphalia and in the West and, and still uh, the German national team. And, um, and, and I think we, we, can, uh, we can say it here pretty often. He is a Schalke fan, a lifelong Schalke fan, but, but not, 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 not very fanatic. Uh, so it, I, I would say one of the more relaxed Schalke fans I know. Uh, so, Philipp, um, Schalke has been relegated back to the second division after only only one season. Um, how was a season for Schalke? Because in the end, uh, my impression was Schalke fans weren't happy about being relegated, but there was not this usual depression that normally goes on um, when, when you're going down uh, to the next league. Yes, you are absolutely right. Um, um, it was very um, amazing that people were so yeah, um, so friendly with the team and so friendly with the club. Um, I, my thesis is, I don't know if this is correct English, but it doesn't matter, um, is that they knew already that Schalke would go down, uh, as I did one summer before uh, when I saw... Uh, Schalke um, uh, called Frank Kramer for the team manager, for the for the manager. Um, so it was pretty obvious that um, this could not go. Um, this could not uh, 
have a nap, happy end. Um, they they approached uh, Thomas Reis, who in the end succeeded um, Frank Kramer as a, a Schalke coach. Uh, Thomas Reis at that time successful with uh, VfL Bochum. I think they also approached uh, a lot of other coaches like Florian Kofeld, I heard, and, and, and more, many more names. Why was it so difficult for them uh, uh, to get a coach that was probably more up to the task of keeping them in the Bundesliga? Well, um, I think um, yeah, the prospect was not too good. Uh, Schalke um, went up, um, or, uh, yeah, went up again uh, with a lot of enthusiasm in the back, but um, no money at all. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was clear they even had to uh, to sell their best players, um, like Malik Shaw. He went, uh, he went, uh, he was sold to um, Milan in Italy. He's now a player for the German national team, and. Um, They couldn't even afford a player like Ko Itakura um, for the decent sum up, I think five million or something like that. And it, it was like a it was like an ace of spades. It was obvious that um, he will be worth uh, um, the same money um, at the end of the season or in a much more. Um, but they couldn't afford uh, to to bring up five million. And so it was. It was pretty obvious that um, they would struggle. Um, and um, yeah, it was really uh, clear to me that um, this team is not able to challenge with most of the other teams in the Bundesliga. And uh, even if you don't mind, Vorwell uh, Bochum, for instance, um, had a had a better uh, situation in, in, in the squad uh, than Schalke. Uh, they had to substitute so many other, so many players who um, worked well in the second league, but um, weren't able to to compete in the first league. And yeah, so it was not a matter of <coughs> of, of of genius or football genius uh, to see this. Um, every fan with a little sense of football could see it. Philip, you talked about that sense of realism that uh, Schalke supporters had. But in the end, two points was all that missing from a relegation playoff spot. Considering Schalke's financial troubles and the fact that they would have a lot less money next season, was it not a miss missed opportunity to really have a rebuild in, in the Bundesliga under a coach that seems to be really a good fit for them and Thomas Reis? Yeah, that was always my, uh, my idea. Um, you have to have a really good coach um, to press more uh, yeah, points out of this squad and um, Frank Kama was obviously not the right one they after the season they admitted frankly uh, well we choose the wrong coach uh, Peter uh, Peter Knebel the the, um, the, 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 the board member uh, for sports uh, told me so and um He was like, well, bad luck. <laughs> We choose the wrong one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they found out they didn't uh, sack him too late uh, because they couldn't um, get a grip on, on Thomas Reis. 
unfortunately, they already approached Thomas Reist in the uh, in May, also uh, in at the end of the f um, season before. And Vorfeld uh, Bochum, Christoph, you know, um, denied, uh, declined. And, well, maybe if they had pushed a little harder, um, they could succeed with that. And, and probably it was better for both clubs if they... Um, um, yeah, if they had, uh, if they agreed in this uh, coaching tra coach transfer, um, but it was too late then. Thomas Reis took over at the, um, I think it was the 13th um, match day, the match day 13, and um, that was too late. After the, the, the first half of the season, they had uh, eight points on the uh, on the account, um, and they were of course last in the table, uh, in the league table, and um, they had to uh, hard very, very, they have, they had to um, work very, very hard uh, to uh, reach to the other teams um, after this. And they did. Uh, they played a great uh, second half of the season. I didn't expect uh, <coughs> them to, to accomplish this. And uh, it was until the last uh, match day, 10 minutes before uh, the final whistle, they were still in the challenge and that was actually a great a great performance um, much more than i expected them to to do but now this um, this team uh, that you praised is more or less completely falling apart more or less yeah. uh, a lot of players leaving marius bülter is is um, is was sold to um, hoffenheim Uh, Yoshida, the Japanese defender, won't be there. Krause, uh, Schwolov, Kral, a, a long list. Jens, uh, the central defender, will playing for Wolfsburg next season, and and so on and so on. Um, is there enough um, substance in this new team uh, for the second division? Um, they only have brought in like three new players, Paul Seguin coming from Union Berlin, Brian Lassmer from relegated uh, Bielefeld, also from the second division. And and here maybe, uh, I don't know if you, we had it already, Raphael, um, their Königstransfer, that is for <laughs> learning Fußballdeutsch. Learning Fußballdeutsch with beer and honey. What 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 is a Königs transfer? Do you, do we already uh, uh, explained it? I think we did. I think we did. There is no real equivalent, but it's the the key transfer, the, the the transfer that changes your team, transforms the fortunes of the team, or is supposed to do so. That's the king, the king of transfers. And yeah, so the king of transfers or the um, Königs transfer. Um, is a guy, Ron Schallenberg, who comes from Paderborn, who was a captain of Paderborn, who played a very good season last year in the, in the second, uh, uh, Bundesliga. Uh, but, but having mentioned a lot of names uh, of players leaving, uh, what's your impression? Will that be enough for Schalke to be a serious contender for re uh, returning to the Bundesliga next season, Philipp? Uh, I'm still, uh, yeah, I'm puzzling as well. Um, I think there are some players to come yet, um, others to go. Maybe Rodrigo Salazar is going to be sold. Uh, 
if the money talks <coughs> in the uh, language of Schalke. Um, and um, I think um, they have a they have a pretty clear idea of what um, of what the team is able to uh, how the team team is able to uh, to compete. Um, but it all depends on the on the coach, of course. Once again, uh, just like last season, when uh, Thomas Reis came, saw, and won. <laughs> <laughs> At least a little bit, <laughs> and um, well, we have to we have to wait and see. Indeed, um, there are there is a very there are some good teams in the in the second league. By the way, if you if you're looking for support for your little uh, podcast uh, production, why don't you cover the second German league? It will be much better again <laughs> next year than the first. League. Raphael is, is, is seriously <laughs> not interested in the second division of of, of, of German football, of, of very rarely. I I, I try well, to I try to convince him uh, when when Bochum was playing in the Bundesliga, and my focus was much more on the uh, second division already. But you're right; there are great teams in the. Uh, second uh, Bundesliga, Hamburg, Schalke, Hertha, Nürnberg, Hanover, uh, St. Pauli, and so on, and and so on. And um, yeah, uh, but I think um, we we are we are already uh, having a niche podcast with uh, talking about the Bundesliga in English. I think it would probably too niche uh, to. Uh, to talk about uh, the second division. But, um, I mean, there are a lot of uh, St. Pauli supporters in the US. Maybe we could uh, get them. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. But what I'm interested in, Philip, is does that new sense of unity or calmness that exists between the supporters and the team and the club, does that extend to the relationships on the board and, you know, in the in the hierarchy Is there a calmness and the realism about the situation or will things become more difficult if we don't see a clear path for Schalke to go back to the Bundesliga pretty quickly? That, that's what I said. Uh, let's wait and see. I, um, I, I see there is some danger about it. Um, you know, it's kind of this, this calmness uh, within the board, uh, within the supervisory board. There is no, not too much stress. There is... Um, This calmness we talk, we were talking about. The, the people are going um, to to love Schalke even more than before. Uh, also, they're in the second league now, and every game is sold out during the first half of the season. There will be sixty thousand fans in the in the stadium at every match. It will be world record, by the way, and for the for a second league team, um, you can you can almost uh, predict this. But um, this is kind of a uh, dangerous situation because they think it uh, it will all work out fine, and um, with our fans in the back, we will um, stand every uh, yeah every challenge. And um, I don't think that's uh, that's true. I think they are. Wie sagt man? In, in Germany, they say uh, "Sand in die Augen streuen." Well. You have to um, translate this into English. Um, um, can you? It's called to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. Self-delusion. Self-delusion. 
And, um, but maybe I'm, I'm too sensitive and maybe I'm too pessimistic. Um, maybe the uh, things are really working well. It's, it's possible, but still they have like, um, depths of 180 million, uh, euro. So they are not able to, um, you know, to jump, uh, to give, to, to live on a, in a generous way and uh, to react with money if, uh, if sports are not going well to, and, um, so I'm, I'm really cautious in, in, in any prediction. Okay. So you're, as a fan, you're a bit pessimistic about uh, what's coming for Schalke. I think you're, When you're going to the Bay Arena to, to watch Bayer Leverkusen play, you're not coming as a fan, but more as a neutral, as an expert and, and so on. Um, we had a lot of praise last season for, uh, for Leverkusen. Uh, we were quite fascinated by the charismatic Xabi uh, Alonso. Um, How, how much did you like the team or how impressed have you been by the team um, that uh, only managed to qualify for the, uh, the Europa League? Uh, uh, what's your, ta your take on them? Well, um, I absolutely agree. Uh, Xavi Alonso is a very interesting person and, and, and a character they were looking for for years and years. Also, Gerardo Zewan was a very, very good coach. No doubt about it. Um, nobody knows still. There's, it's still a mystery uh, why, why he failed and why it suddenly uh, stopped. Um, there was no success anymore from one to the other moment. And uh, they, still, uh, they still don't have any answer on that. But um, talking about Xabi Alonso, yeah, very, very interesting because, you know, he's in the beginning of his uh, career as a, as a coach and immediately he did the right thing and um, very, very clever, very, very intelligent, um, clear, in, clear in the mind, uh, a bit boring also. He's not uh, telling too much to, the, uh, to, uh, to us, to the, to the journalist and so to the audience, um, but that doesn't matter. I think he has got a very strong influence on the players. And that might be the reason why um, they have very interesting transfers now. Um, in my eyes, very convincing policy of, of uh, transfer uh, management. Um, Gani Chaka, you're in England well known, of course. And Jonas Hofmann is is a is a good and effective German player, a typical German player in my eyes, and uh, I think they will um, they will help to to lift the team um, in their yeah, maturity, uh, mm -hmm. maturità in Italiano. <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> yeah, it will be it will be really helpful because this uh, this was something they were lacking. And, um, you know, they have good young players and, um, but sometimes they lose their minds and, um, they're still willing and they're still running very fast. Typical for the Bayer Leverkusen team that they're all very, very fast. And sometimes they're too fast, okay. uh, faster than the ball. And so they, um, missed the goal and, um, missed their aims. Uh, I think they had a good chance to, to, uh, to go through to the final, um, 
as you might remember, they failed uh, against Roma and uh, Jose Mourinho. And it was that was exactly the reason why, because they were not, um, yeah, um, they were not so far to uh, to compete with their mind games, mm-hmm. uh, Jose Mourinho's mind games. And this is something I think uh, they, they they've done something about it now. Uh, uh, Philip, you you mentioned that um, uh, Xabi Alonso and not all the club in general wanted to bring in some more mature players. You already mentioned Granit Xhaka coming in from Arsenal, Jonas Hoffmann coming in from uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and also. Uh, Alejandro Grimaldo coming in from Benfica. Uh, Roger Schmidt, his his coach, was furious that one, but well, this important player is um, is leaving. He is a he is a left back. So um, does this, in your eyes, uh, could bring uh, Bayer to the next level from a, a contender for the Europa League? to one content to be a contender for the Champions League places or even I mean um, <laughs> uh, you're already laughing I, before I mentioned before I mentioned the German championship but could there be a title contender well I don't think so actually but um, it depends of course on, on Bayern München and Borussia Dortmund um, if they have a bad season uh, why not Bayer Leverkusen um, is kind of a 10% uh, contender. Um, but this is actually not uh, the first sort of the um, the responsible, uh, the people in responsibility at Bayer Leverkusen. I think they want to, uh, first of all, they want to um, get rid of Union Berlin and SC Freiburg. You know, these are the ones in their way. And... Uh, They have to make sure that Eintracht Frankfurt does not uh, um, take this fourth uh, Champions League uh, uh, place in the table. So um, I think this transfer policy um, is the right one to to prevent this. And uh, let me say uh, something about uh, what's still happening or what might still happen. I mean, they have... um, They still have Florian Wirtz, of course, the, the most hopeful talent in the German football, in my eyes. And um, he's doing very well in the club, not so well in the national team, um, but there is still uh, a place to to grow better in the club as well. And, um, well, it all depends on if Musa Diaby is going to be sold uh, or not, uh, because he's, he's, he's a key player, actually, for the... Um, so-called Umschaltfußball. Uh, you probably... Uh, Transitional <laughs> football, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and um, I think he's very, very important for this for this team. And um, rumors are saying that he's, uh, he, will, he will be sold uh, to England or uh, to PSG, but rumors are rumors. Um, they could afford to say uh, no, because Bayer Leverkusen is a club um, that is um, in a very happy situation, um, uh, not to care too much about their financial budget. It is a happy situation as well, uh, Philip, that Xavi Alonso is getting so much attention and uh, people looking to him as a really up-and-coming top 
top manager. Do you see a possibility that speculation about the next step for him, which could come pretty soon with Carlo Ancelotti, Carlo Ancelotti leaving Real Madrid, potentially in the summer of next season, and Xabi Alonso being, I'm sure, one of the contenders for this role. Can that become a problem, you think? Or is Alonso's aura and control so strong that he can even do that if speculation cons uh, persists about his future? Well, as far as I have um, known him now, um, I think he will be very clear with, about that. Uh, he was already clear about uh, all the uh, rumors and all the um, talking um, when, uh, yeah, when he was linked with Real Madrid in a, a few months before. Um, he always said, "No, there's no, uh, there's no reason to leave. You know, I'm, uh, I have a contract here, and um, the the outspoken word behind it was, I still, I'm, I'm still learning in my." Uh, job and for my career as a coach so he was um, he was absolutely clear about staying at Leverkusen because it's the perfect ground for him now and um, it depends how long um, he um, he sees Leverkusen the, the, the best club for him um, maybe in next spring or maybe in winter um, he feels already prepared to uh, to join Real Madrid it's it's possible but i don't think um, he will he will lose his power then i think um, he's he's so so much a rational type of person um, that he can manage that so where do you see leverkusen ending up next season what what can they do well i see them uh, yeah i see them at least four uh, on, on, on on four or three Maybe better. It's possible there. I don't think they can uh, they can challenge Bayern Munich, but uh, they can they can be second. Why not? The typical Leverkusen was if they um, were in the title race until uh, match day thirty three, <laughs> and then on the last day, the, la the day of decision, they will uh, yeah they will be they they will happen some. Strange things, and Leverkusen is going to lose it. You, you all remember 22 years ago. Yeah, <clears throat> when um, Bayern Bayer uh, was on their way uh, to the their first ever German championship and uh, lost away to Unterhaching. Um, and Bayern at the same time winning some kilometers away at home against uh, Werder Bremen and uh, grabbing the title. Everybody expected uh, them that they wouldn't win. A bit similar to what we had this season with Borussia Dortmund. And, uh, but at least Borussia Dortmund has some uh, titles under their belt. And, um, and Bayer Leverkusen still ha only has the... Uh, Europe. UEFA, UEFA Cup from and the German FA Cup 1988 and the German FA Cup. Yeah, uh, two trophies, not too much for uh, for a club who's uh, playing in the European uh, cups since 25 years steadily. 
Yeah. No, not too much. <clears throat> um, Philip, thank you so much for your insights. Um, uh, and now we allow, allow you to go back to the swimming pool or back to the ocean or wherever you're going uh, to, to cool from the Italian heat. Um, it, uh, thanks so it is very hot. Thanks for your for for your uh, for your time uh, taking during your holidays and um, um, have a great hol holidays and um, and we're looking forward uh, to read more of your brilliant articles in the season to come. Thank you so much for compliments and uh, let me just apologize for my English. Um, it is really hot here and um, yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. Bye-bye. Okay, I'll stop recording now. That was uh, Philip Seldorf on Leverkusen and Schalke. That leaves us with one more team to talk about in this episode of Beer and Honey, and that is uh, the lesser-mentioned TSG Hoffenheim. Uh, Christoph, you've looked at their season gone by and their prospects for the next season. What what do you think is going to be the, the big theme For them going forward, they they have been uh, surprisingly uh, in in the relegation uh, fight. Uh, I think most most of us wouldn't have expected it before the uh, the start of the season. They had to change their manager, Pellegrini Matarazzo uh, taking over the American Italian um, who is living in Germany for I think over 20 years now. And um, he said he he gave an interview um, last week to uh, Kicker, uh, uh, Germany's uh, biggest weekly football magazine, and he said um, it was not what I had expected when he came in. So uh, what he said was uh, the situation was even worse uh, than the table uh, suggested and. As um, as you probably remember, he started with five defeats and then he had this do-or-die game against Hertha. And I think probably they would have sacked him if he would have lost this uh, sixth game also. And he won and then... Um, he managed to to stabilize it um and he um he said something very nice uh, about his behavior uh, last season in hindsight um he said i sometimes was too emotional at halftime and that's funny that he says it because from the outside he looks not very emotional and he, we know he he is uh, he started to study uh, mathematics uh, when he was uh, in the us at a top university uh, in new york um, but often obviously he was um uh, overblown by uh How, what 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 how many mistakes uh, his his team was making i don't know what what you made of them um rafael last season um they 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 looked like a team that theoretically could play nice football uh but they in the end they neither played nice football nor um were able to grind out points like like teams like Augsburg for for example they were a bit like in between everything yeah a little bit insubstantial i think 
as a team, which perhaps isn't a big surprise for a place like Hoffenheim, where it's hard to conjure up big emotions, where I think a lot is down to the manager trying to motivate the players and trying to create a, a sense of togetherness and drive because it's probably the kind of club where on a good day, in a good season, you're fighting for Europe and in a bad one, you're thinking of uh, mid-table and you don't really, I think, expect huge swings whether in a positive nor in a negative way. So in that sense, it was a surprise that they were doing so badly. But maybe part of the reason was because the players weren't really prepared for that kind of season. Thinking Hoffenheim is a pretty nice, comfortable place to to make the next step up and put yourself in a shop window for for bigger and better locations. Um, there is one player who... Uh used the, his place in the shop window, as you put it. Uh, it's Christoph Baumgartner, who is leaving uh, to RB Leipzig for 24 million euros. Um, they only have uh, three um, new players, uh, Marius Bülter coming in from Schalke. Uh, Julian Justwan, who might be an interesting uh, player coming in from uh, second division Paderborn. Uh, very influential at, at Paderborn as a white player. And uh, there is one returning, Florian Grilic, um, the Austrian international, or at the moment former Austrian international. There was a lot of controversy uh, last season about him uh, leaving on a free transfer. His father, his, his father was uh, involved in the transfer. And it was a real mess in the end. He ended up um, at Ajax and it didn't work for him. And now he is back, and um, and uh, Materazzo is saying about him, he is a fantastic player, and now he comes with a different mindset, a mission, and a new motivation. And obviously, he is hoping that uh, Grilich can can return to the good, great form uh, that he had in in the past. And also, Materazzo was saying in uh, in this very interesting interview. Um, that he is aiming to play a more complete football. And with more complete football, he means a mix of possession, transition and a suffocating defensive work, how he, how he put it. And, um, and the last quote from, from him that I really liked, um, because um, I like this more pragmatic approach uh, that coaches are taking, he was saying, you must become what a team needs as a coach. How do you like this? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think the only danger is if, if you try to adjust yourself so much that you can lose your own principles and ideas. I think uh, most managers are always little bit torn between doing what's right for the team and sticking to their own ideas and if you don't do it well then you can end up in a place where you're always reacting to what your team is doing rather than setting a very firm framework of what they should look like in a tactical sense 
and maybe also in the sense of how the team works uh, as a unit. But that's that's one of those mysteries I think that coaches have to have to master. Um, Hoffenheim is not a bad place for this because it is quite a calm place, and you are forgiven, I think, a bit of uh, time to get to grips with a job. But this will be the season, his full season, that he has to show that there's a clear upward trend, I think, if Hoffenheim are not in the top half of the table uh, in the first half of the season, then his job might become a slightly less safe going into the, the new calendar year. Yeah, but I think we both expect them to climb in the table next season. Let's see how far they manage to uh, to climb. Uh, one interesting aspect um, before we leave about Hoffenheim, uh, they will be a normal Bundesliga club uh, next season because they had an exception from the 50 plus one rule uh, that uh, was granted to Dietmar Hopp, the kind of owner of Hoffenheim and the founder of SAP. Um, and uh, he um, he gave the gave it kind of back, so he gave the club back to the members of the club, and uh, that was um, uh, the uh, members voted in favor of this in the uh, in June, end of June. So uh, now in the Bundesliga, we only have two exceptions from the 50 plus one rule. That is um, Wolfsburg and Leverkusen, and the, and then we also have this strange case of RB Leipzig that we have uh, talked about several times. Um, what but, does that, yeah. Christoph? As far as you know, what does that mean for for the club? Apart from the symbolic gesture of the the, the members having full control, um, it's I, I think it's it's um, it's a symbolic gesture and and also um, is following what was reality before that because um, in the beginning um, Dietmar Hopp was putting a lot of money into the club like in a, investing in a startup they, they build a training center they build a new stadium and so on investing into players and blah blah blah, blah. but um, but for for a lot of seasons um, Hoffenheim is self-sustaining so they uh, they not relying on the money uh, coming in from from Dietmar Hopp. it's it's a very um, uh, over the time it was a very well run club um, they managed to sign players as you said putting them in the footballing shop window and, and selling to them for a lot of money. Most recently, Jorginho Ruter to Leeds United. And um, and they had a lot of this kind of, uh, of transfer. So this is a very well-run club. And now it's a, it's a normal club again. All right. That's it for this week's edition of Beer and Honey. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly did. Uh, we'll be back with another look back and forward considering three clubs of the Bundesliga or including clubs that have been relegated as uh, Schalke were, who were today part of our big review and preview courtesy of Philipp Seldorf. Um, thank you so much. I was Raphael Honigstein. I was Christoph Biermann and we say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Beer and Honey, the German football podcast.